Hello, and welcome to the Runway VC podcast, a podcast where we have real conversations with experts and disruptors in the aviation and travel industries. On this episode, we'd like to welcome both Dave Brody and Charlie Johnson, two industry experts turned disruptors. Dave is the current founder and chairman of a new company called XTI Aircraft, and Charlie is serving as their current CEO. Both have extensive experience leading the industry, Dave as the former founder of another aviation company called AVX Aircraft, and Charlie as the former president and COO of Cessna. They're coming together along with a board of other experts to do something with XDI that most would consider crazy, and building a new general aviation airplane designed for vertical takeoffs and landings. Dave and Charlie, how are y'all doing today? Great, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. First off, I just want to thank both of you for being able to talk to me today. I can't really think of a better way to kick off our podcast about the future of aviation than to talk to two experts that are also trying to now disrupt the industry they help build. So just to kind of kick it off and help our listeners distinguish between the two of you, Dave, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at XTI? Uh, sure, Chris, and thanks very much for the opportunity to to uh, talk to you. I'm the founder and the chairman of the company, and uh, just a brief background, uh, I'm actually a uh, practicing lawyer, uh, but I've always been passionate about uh, aviation, science, and technology. And about 10 years ago, I got involved in the aviation industry when I founded another company called AVX Aircraft Company with a new type of helicopter that we're developing in that company. I'm just on the board now, so I, I don't spend much time spending most of my time on, on XTI and the TriFan 600 project. But the helicopter technology in, involved ducted fans for forward propulsion. And about three years ago, I started thinking about what ducted fans could be used for in terms of vertical lift as well as forward propulsion. And that, about three years ago, uh, led to the basic configuration of the TriFan 600 in which the wing fans serve as part of the vertical takeoff and, and landing technology as well as rotating into uh, into forward uh, cruise mode. So uh, in a nutshell, that that's uh, how XTI got started in, in my background. Okay, and so just to clarify, XTI Aircraft is the company, and then the product you all are working on right now is the TriFan 600, correct? That's correct. Okay. And now, Charlie, where do you fit into to all of this? Well, I've kind of got the uh, operational hat, and I'll try to be as succinct as possible. But I started, uh, I literally took my first airplane ride when I was three years old. I flew uh, fighters in the Air Force in the 60s and flew in Southeast Asia, a very high-performance airplane for its time. Uh, flew twice the speed of sound as the F-105, and then I moved into the manufacturing and conventional side of aviation. I was a test pilot at Learjet, moved over to Cessna, I started in flight test there, and then over a period of time, I uh, had the good fortune of working my way through the company uh, uh, and basically was president from 1997 through 2004. And I've been involved in basically every aspect of airplane design, certification, flight test, uh, and really it's been my passion for my whole life. And when I retired from Cessna, I was working some other uh, innovative products. That's one of the nice things to get away from the constraints of the conventional industry, and a friend of mine, mutual friend of Dave's and mine, uh, approached me to, to visit with Dave about uh, the TriFan 600, and it is a fascinating airplane. It is genuinely representative of the future, and I feel uh, very honored to be a part of the team and bring the occupational or the operational expertise uh, to the table. Okay, great. 
So, Dave, how did you get involved with the aviation industry? You said you were interested in just the science and, and the mechanics behind it, but what really sparked that whole interest for you in the beginning? Uh, well, both Charlie and I and the whole team at XTI believe that vertical takeoff and landing is is the future of aviation, particularly with uh, smaller aircraft, because of uh, everything from the demographics in crowded cities that are become more uh, becoming more crowded around the world to um, just everybody's time being so valuable and you can you can reduce time of, of travel on the ground to and from airports when you have vertical takeoff and landing aircraft. So the original idea for the helicopter was a smaller, more efficient, faster aircraft with greater lift. And so the TriFan 600, the, the new aircraft in, in XTI, uh, is is just an improved version of being able to move door to door, point to point, uh, with vertical takeoff and landing, and and uh, using existing and future infrastructure to be able to do that. And so, did you grow up around aviation in the industry, or was it just something that you saw out at an airport and and got interested in? Yeah, ten years ago, my younger son, who's now in college, brought home a Time for Kids magazine article about a person who was trying to invent and develop a vertical takeoff and landing uh, four-seat uh, mini jet. And I said to the family at dinner that evening that I think in my kid's lifetime they will see that kind of aircraft that you can land and take off in your backyard and, and accomplish what I was describing earlier. And a few weeks later, I, I just couldn't get the thought out of my mind and, and just started researching what might be out there on the horizon as a practical aircraft that could have the uh, capabilities and performance to do that. And there really wasn't anything out there. So that led to the first company, AVX, and then as I uh, described earlier, the ducted fan technology then is the basis for the uh, the airplane, our vertical takeoff airplane. And now when you were CEO of AVX, what was the crossover time between AVX and XTI? Well, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm still on the board of AVX, but uh, three years ago, I formed XTI and uh, began devoting uh, m most of my time to, to this project. So why not just develop the TriFan 600 under the AVX company? Why, why, why go out and start an entirely new company with, with, I would imagine, limited resources as compared to what would be available at, uh, at AVX? Yeah, that's a very good question, Chris. What happened was that uh, AVX evolved into a military a focused company with a military strategy and has received five different military contracts uh, with two active contracts right now. And the board there decided to uh, stay focused on the military strategy. And, and so the board agreed to um, let me pursue individually the XCI project, which has no no connection to AVX other than it evolved out of the, the technology, as I mentioned. Yeah, and I had seen that this was something I would assume you had been working on for a while. I think, uh, did I read that you all attempted a flying car at one point with AVX or some type of model of a flying car? Oh, I think AVX uh, did submit a response to an RFP uh, that DARPA issued. Oh, okay. Got it, got it. So you, you decide that you want to start this, this new company. How do you go about having that conversation with your family and friends, tell me about tell me about what it is to sit around the dinner table and say, you know, hey, I'm I'm 
CEO of this of this major company right now doing military contract work, but uh, I think I'm going to go out and, and start a new company. <laughs> yeah, well, um, first of all, when you start a new company, you, you really don't know what's going to happen. There are a lot of big ifs and unknowns and question marks, but, you know, there are three key parts of this. Uh, with any startup, one is is the product. You got to really be sure that you have a product that there'll be demand for and that and that will perform, can be uh, developed the way you think. And and we had extensive engineering done in the first couple of years, and and that's since been uh, validated by our technical review team that we, there's no question this aircraft will fly. So the product part of it, we're we're 100% convinced of. Second, I've tried to put together. And I think uh, uh, succeeded in a, in a just a world class management team, which we're very thrilled. And, and we also have a very experienced chief engineer, Dr. Dennis Olcott, and other key people in the management team. And then the third key part, of course, is the funds you need to uh, get things going. And that's, as you know, uh, what we're working on very hard right now. Yeah, and we're definitely going to touch on the the method you all are using to raise some funds as well as the team. But before we get there, Charlie, I just want to talk about your kind of journey through aviation. Uh, You mentioned that you were a pilot for the Air Force and then went on to work for Learjet and Cessna. How how do you go through that process to become an Air Force pilot to president of, you know, one of the most popular companies in aviation? And did I also read that you were at one point Arnold Palmer's chief pilot? Uh, you read correctly, and, and I, I, I don't want to give you a glib answer, but a lot of it is good fortune. I have always felt sorry for people that didn't know what they wanted to do, and there's never been a doubt in my mind for as long as I can remember that I wanted to be involved with airplanes and aviation and uh, high performance, and have been fortunate enough to, uh, to, to, to be in some really great positions. And again, I, I, I don't know how to say this uh, correctly, but uh, I, I, I the positions I've been in, I've always managed to get into leadership roles, to get into the high-performance side of flying. was extremely fortunate to get the job with Arnie when I got out of the Air Force, and uh, he is still a good friend. And he's actually a very innovative thinker also. But uh, it just each step that I've taken seemed to be logical, moving from fighters into flight tests uh, and then into aircraft design and then into manufacturing and certification and all those things. Again, I don't think I'm giving a very... Uh, intelligent answer, but it's 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 never been a, a wavering uh, thought process in my mind. It's been my focus for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I'd have to imagine after coming out of the Air Force and, and flying the planes that you did, it, being a test pilot seems like a, the next one of the next best ways to kind of continue that adrenaline rush that <laughs> I would assume yeah. uh, becomes quite addicting when flying at Mach 2. Absolutely, 100%. And, it, and it's also very rewarding to be able to take what you know about airplane performance and what's necessary and help get that incorporated into aircraft design. It's just, uh, it, it, again, it's very rewarding. And then uh, I've also been fortunate enough to be able to continue uh, uh, getting in the cockpit even to this day. So I still do some limited flight test work and just kind of keeps uh, keeps the, uh, keeps the you sharp. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, I also saw that you had a very animated story about how you got started working at Cessna. Can you tell us a little bit how that jump happened from Learjet to Cessna? Well, I, again, I'm not sure which story you saw, but I had uh, gotten to know uh, Russ Meyer, who is the chairman emeritus of Cessna and also a very good friend now. But I was working at Learjet one day, and 
we were doing the flight test work, and I answered the phone. And I heard a knocking, you know, kind of on a table, and no voice there. And I said, "Hey, I'm going to have to hang up. I don't know who this is." And it was Russ Meyer, and he said, "Do you know what that is, Charlie?" And I said, "No, sir. What is?" And he said, "That's opportunity knocking." <laughs> and he afforded me the opportunity to come over and uh, and start redoing some of the production flight test activities and quality control activities at Cessna. And that was my career. And then over time, about every year, I would add another department. Until about 1997, uh, I became president of the company. But uh, I had extreme good fortune uh, with a mentor like Russ to be able to learn 100% of everything about the aviation industry. I had our product support for a long time and, as you know, responsibility for all the operational pieces of the company. But that's how it started. Russ and I had gotten to know each other. He is Arnold Palmer's best friend. And we got to know each other kind of socially, and, and we were both in Wichita, and when Cessna decided to do the reorganization, uh, that's led my uh, move over to Cessna. Well, with opportunity knocking and an introduction and a recruitment strategy like that, I guess that's incredibly difficult to say no to. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, you know, Cessna is and was then one of the leading manufacturers, and I say the leading manufacturer in general aviation. So it was an honor to be able to work there and to be able to uh, really – spend the majority of my career there. So between Cessna and XDI, where were you in terms well, of Well, let me, uh, I, I, I will try to encapsulate that a little bit. Uh, one of the things that, that I really do believe in, and I saw both at Learjet uh, as we introduced uh, uh, went from the 20 series to the 30 series to the 50 series aircraft, uh, was what uh, technology could do to advance a product. And then the same thing at Cessna, moving through all the different products that we built, uh, up to and including the Citation 10, which, as you know, is the fastest commercially certified airplane in the world to this day outside of the Concorde. Uh, it, it gave me a good opportunity to get a, a perspective on every aspect of the industry. And when I got out, I actually was recruited by a local firm here in Denver who was building an airplane called the Javelin, which was a two-seat trainer that we were targeting both the civil and the uh, military market. And it got caught up in the crunch. We flew it a few times, but it got caught up in the crunch of the economy, and in the process, I met a, an individual named George By, and we were looking at alternative fuels for aircraft and started developing an electric airplane, and I'm still involved with electric airplanes right now, but all of these innovative new airplanes were things that uh, were absolutely, to me, like looking into a crystal ball into the future, and I, again, a mutual friend of Dave's and mine introduced me to XTI, and they had sent me some data before I ever sat down and visited with Dave. And what Dave said earlier is 100% correct with the engineering team and uh, Dennis Alcott, Dr. Dennis Alcott. Uh, the design that they had worked out was very feasible. You couldn't shoot holes in it. They had correctly acknowledged the power that it was going to take to fly the airplane, the technology it was going to take to fly it, the, uh, the uh, flight control technology and stability uh, opportunities. And I felt very honored to be able to uh, come on the board with Dave. So, Dave, when you're when you're putting together this team, how does that pitch go? How do you walk up to someone, friend, or or someone you respect in the industry, and say, you know, hey, I want you to come chase this idea with me. I think I think we can make this happen. Yeah. Well, you start with the, the product. As I, I said earlier, the product sells itself, really. And so, if the people are you know at the right point in their lives and want to take uh, some risk and spend some time to help both uh, r recruit other people in the team and help raise money and and sell the whole idea that that that's how we've been able to take uh, you know one step after another toward the actual 
pr- production of this of this aircraft. And how did you go about kind of selecting who you wanted to be on this initial team? I'm sure with your experience and and your network, you had quite the Rolodex to go through. How did you how did you kind of narrow it down to the? I believe you have five or six people you're working with now. Yeah, well, as uh, Charlie mentioned, uh, we have a mutual fr- friend uh, who introduced us. Once you start to uh, look at Charlie's background and, and, and talk to Charlie. He's got just tremendous experience in all aspects of the business. And um, he was ideal person to first have on the board. He was, a, he was the third board member after myself and Dennis Olcott with the tragic loss of Jeff Pino. Uh, now Charlie stepped up to, to take the leadership role. But Jeff, I had met through the uh, helicopter industry and 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 like everybody else, he, uh, as an experienced person in the industry, recognized it, recognized the potential of this aircraft. And early in 2014, Charlie, and then later that year, Jeff joined the team. And we've also got an experienced uh, CFO, Andy Wagram, who's on the on the core uh, team of uh, management. And so, Charlie, when you were getting this information, you mentioned that it was a mutual friend of, of you and Dave's that was sending you kind of this information about XTI. Did it just come up in conversation? You know, hey, I'm hanging out in Denver looking for something to do, <laughs> or was it was it something that, that you had come across on your own? Well, again, I, I, I'll give you maybe a little more complex answer than you want, but I have, have never really throttled back and stayed busy. As I mentioned, I, I, I am involved with uh, a, a couple of other projects, which I am now going into more of a uh, overseeing mode uh, and devoting all my time to uh, XTI or the majority of my time to XTI. But, uh, again, a hard question to answer. When I saw the uh, innovation, when I saw what the airplane was capable of doing, it was kind of a natural, and uh, it was something that was very exciting to me to be uh, to be able to become a part of. And so, looking at at the team, I think it's like we've all mentioned, it's pretty clear you got a, an all star lineup of experts. I'm imagining from the dynamics, there's a, probably more than a few Type A personalities. How does that work through with everybody having maybe a different approach or a different opinion, especially with a small group who all have years in, of uh, expertise in this industry. How does the difference of opinion come up? And then I, I, I guess I apologize CEO. for interrupting because I know I know Dave probably wants to answer, but uh, I, it's something I feel very passionate about. Is that the, the the more senior of us that are there have a respect for the young folks uh, and the millennials, as you called them earlier, and you would actually be surprised what a level of synergy there is with everybody. And uh, to this point, uh, and Dave can probably confirm this, even with our advisory board, you find out that everybody has a common goal and we're looking for solutions, and everybody does take the time to listen. It's really, uh, it's, it's, it's not what you'd expect. The environment is very positive. And if it's correctly managed or led, you get tremendous ideas. And if you don't shut out any of the ideas, and that's one of the things I found that, uh, at Cessna and other things that I've done, if you take the time to listen to the recent graduates, the 20-year-olds, they are extremely well-educated. And while it may not have run through all the practical uh, uh, opportunities of bringing an airplane together and bringing a design together, they will bring some incredible ideas that you never think about. So you have to listen to everybody at the table. And I would say that all the people we have, the advisors that we have, uh, Dennis uh, himself, everybody is open 
to listening. Uh, you know, somebody obviously has to drive the train and keep their hand on the throttle, but uh, we, we don't have a problem, and, and you are correct. It's all type A's, and that's the type of people that we want, very innovative, very hard-driving, very forward-thinking. But uh, you'd be, uh, I think you'd be very surprised or pleasantly surprised at the lack of, uh, of disruption in the meetings that we, we, we identify a problem and we'll listen to four or five different uh, approaches to it and usually come up with a pretty good solution. And I think that's one big takeaway from the industry is that, and, and like we talked about before the episode, that there is an age, I think the age gap is apparent in the aviation industry, but just letting the executives or the influences of the industry letting the newcomers, uh, the young professionals, kind of voice their opinions as well as empower them to think of solutions, I think will be the key to pushing the the entire industry forward. Industries that tend to think, well, this is how we've done it, this is how it's always going to be done, those are usually the industries that fade out pretty quickly, especially when you're going through such a disruptive time as I think pretty safe to say we're going through uh, right now. It, it is oversimplification, but I've always felt like if you're not growing, you're dying. I mean, there's not a not a static in between, and uh, it, it really is. It, it pays immeasurable dividends to work as a team with a broad range of people. Um, okay, so we kind of briefly talked about the TriFan. Dave went into the concepts and all that, but first... Before anything else, my question, uh, TriFan 600, the TriFan is pretty self-explanatory, but where does the 600 come from? Uh, this is Dave. Chris, that's simply because it's a six-seat aircraft. Okay. And there's often a correlation between the, the number of an aircraft and, and the seats in the small aircraft. TriFan 6 just wasn't impressive enough, huh? That's <laughs> 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 right. And, and, and 6,000 was probably overstating a little bit, right? Right, right, right. So this is this is the question that is going to lead in to, to the next question, but why this design? This The vertical takeoff and landing is not a new concept, and I know that there have been a number of other companies that have tried it in the past, so is this going to be the plane to, to change it all? Uh, Charlie, you, can I take that one? Absolutely, yes. I was, I was pausing to see. Uh, I think you probably give a very great answer to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'll go back to the early 60s, Chris, when um, there were a couple of military projects that actually had ducted fans on airplanes for vertical takeoff and landing. One was the, the Bell X-22, which had four ducted fans, and then another one was called the Doak VZ-4, which had two ducted fans, one on each end of the wings. Since that time, there have been tremendous advancements in the power of engines, the weight of engines, uh, lighter materials, and, and of course, computer-controlled technology, which will be a big part of, of, our, of this aircraft. Uh, so those aircraft actually flew successfully, but they really didn't have a lot of a lot of lift and capacity to um, uh, go fast uh, at the speeds that, that uh, the TriFan 600 well, uh, so it's it's a matter of uh, balancing the the drag, which you had tremendous drag, for example, with the uh, Bell X22 because it had four huge ducts that did rotate with the with the power uh, and the vertical takeoff and landing. So when you put one of the ducts that is the body fan in the uh, in the body in the fuselage, and then cover it up when you reach cruise speed, and then you use the other two fans for both 
vertical lift and forward flight, um, we determined after reviewing many different configurations with different numbers and locations of fans that the three fans with this configuration was the ideal optimum configuration in terms of minimum drag and maximum uh, performance. So a very, uh, a very technical answer and a smart one, I think, but more so than just because we're awesome. That, <laughs> it's because we're gonna we're the team to get the job done, which is uh, the typical 30-second soundbite answer that you get. But uh, it seems like you've obviously done the engineering behind it, like you've mentioned before, and and have really put some thought into why those other the other aircraft have failed uh, in the past. But you know that that answer. Is, is is great in an interview, although I'm sure you've gotten time and time again the, the, the naysayers. And Dave, before I get to your answer to this question, I want to ask Charlie, because I know he's got to get out of here shortly, but also as kind of someone brought on board, how do you respond to people that say, you know, Charlie, are you nuts? You joined this company <laughs> to to tackle something and and it's never going to happen? Well, you know, I, I give you a very unusual answer, Chris. Most of the inputs I get, and I'd say virtually 100%, is an input of very positive enthusiasm about it because we have enough information to understand that the airplane is very technically feasible and all of the parts and pieces and technologies are there. The engine capability is there and there are engines. The stability, as Dave mentioned earlier, the fly-by-wire systems and control systems the ducted fan technology all coming together. So what, what I actually usually receive is not the uh, not the nod that you're crazy, but the nod that, man, it's wonderful, and why didn't somebody uh, start doing this earlier? So it's uh, it's, it's pretty rewarding. And, and as I said uh, earlier, one of the things that I did was uh, you, you get a chance to look at a lot of different projects, and a lot of them are exactly what you said. Uh, some of you give you about a five-minute meet, you know, briefing and say, hey, trust me, this is this can be done. The XTI folks and the engineering that was put together before they went out and started talking to people was proven engineering and very detailed engineering. So it's uh, it's uh, it's actually something it's very very nice to be uh, be involved with. I, I've got a management theory. I tell people that uh, you find a parade and you run and get out in front of it. And XTI is the parade right now. It's there you uh, go. it is the future. Well, and it's great to hear that 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 you've gotten nothing but uh, positive responses because I think the stigma, especially with this industry, is that it's, there are only so many big players and that there will never be anybody else. Uh, the the well, few. Go ahead. No, no, I apologize. I, I mean, I, I, I wanted to say that I, I, you, I would acknowledge what you are saying that uh, there are some very conservative attitudes in some of the larger aircraft companies, and. We would be hard pressed as a large airplane company, I think, to uh, present to a board uh, the case right now. But I, I suspect that as time wears on, you will find the larger airplane companies coming to us trying to either license or use our technology. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the design process for this. Dave, I guess from an in, from a very initial standpoint, when your your son brought home the Time magazine to what most people do when they when entrepreneurs and, and so forth, when trying to solve a problem, they can't get it out of their head. Uh, it almost seems like an idea that haunts them when they try to go to sleep, when they're driving in their car or you know, whatever. How did that go? How did you go from that dinner to the engineering process to the recruitment process to to now? 
Sure. Uh, well, you know, the first seven years, uh, as I mentioned, were devoted to AVX and, and the helicopter configuration, which is a coaxial helicopter with rear ducted fans. Then three years ago, when I started working with Dr. Olcott, I, I had probably 10 different potential configurations to review and narrowed it down to maybe three or four that uh, his engineering team focused on. And then that, that led to um, the TriFan configuration. And so um, it was really taking the concept like you would with a, you know, in a, a lot of different products in the uh, aircraft industry and other industries, and then refining that. Of course, uh, uh, the engineers focused on all the different aspects of an aircraft from, uh, you know, center of gravity to power of the engines to drag and lift and, and all the, the basic uh, areas that they needed to uh, to study. And we did a conceptual engineering report from, lasted from uh, late 2013 to about April 2014. And at that point, uh, we knew we had something that uh, had a lot of a lot of promise. And so, Charlie, from an operational standpoint, where do you where does XTI go from here? We are in the process right now. Uh, as Dave will talk about uh, uh, solidifying our funding, we will go into the mode of uh, doing some test work, test rigs, and then building a proof of concept vehicle. And we'll start flying that proof of concept, refining the design uh, as, as we complete that. We will develop a production plan, and, uh, and uh, we're working a sales and marketing plan right now. But you know, basically, the the big next step is getting a proof of concept uh, air vehicle flying. So I think the the big question that once everyone kind of understands and sees sees the website, sees the videos, and and hears your explanation is going to be when 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 are we going to see the the TriFan 600 take off from our airports and heliports. Yeah, this is David. Assuming we um, are on track with our financing, uh, we expect to uh, be able to fly the proof of concept that Charlie was just talking about within three years. And then we'll have another three years to develop FAA-compliant aircraft, which Charlie can address in a lot more detail than I can, and go through the process of... Uh, testing, flying, and getting those certified in order to be able to start commercial production in, let's say, six to eight years. And we've got some wiggle room in there because you never know how long the FAA process, process is going to take. So that, those, are the, those are the major milestones. Sure. And, and you touched on, on the process with the FAA. Charlie, can you kind of go into a little bit more detail on what that involves and, and how that works? Basically, what we uh, we do and will do early on is we develop a working relationship with the FAA. We initially present what we are doing, and then you apply for a, a type certificate. That's a little bit down the road, but we make sure the FAA is completely involved with what they call the uh, Aircraft Certification Officer, ACO, and we keep them appraised of what we're doing. We submit actually a, a, a plan to them on how we plan to go about certifying the aircraft, and then keep them involved and they stay involved with our process. And as Dave indicated earlier, uh, as we evolve, we will develop what's called production engineering. And that engineering is what we submit to the FAA. And we build an airplane to that engineering standard. And then we flight test and prove that the airplane is what we say we'll do. And uh, we end up with what's called a type certificate. And then at the same time, we develop production facilities and we'll end up with a production certificate. I, I hope that's uh, a, a good overview of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know that with that, 
Charlie, I know you have to, to jump off, so I want to kind of let you go at a good transition point. But again, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And uh, we definitely want to stay in touch and, and hear about any all the future developments as you all go through this process. Well, Chris, I'm more, I, I personally and uh, for XCI and Dave, I thank you for the opportunity to visit with the folks. And uh, we, uh, we look forward to staying in touch. And any questions you have, please let me know. And if anything came up, uh, obviously, during this conversation, or as you're talking to Dave, please don't hesitate to call me. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be able to be, uh, to be involved with the Runway VC. And I think you've got a great idea yourself in bringing people in the industry together. Great. Well, thanks so much. And I'm sure we'll definitely have some questions for some from listeners. So I'll, I'll forward those on. Well, thank you. Thank you again very much. And uh, I, I, I think you're going to see that uh, that the TriFan 600 is going to be a tremendous uh, piece of machinery going into the future. Sorry, I have to run. So, Dave, one of the things that we talked about was crowdfunding or, or fundraising and, and how you're going to be crowdfunding or are crowdfunding, I guess, is the better and you guys have gotten a good bit of press over the past couple months about your fundraising campaign. You mentioned uh, before we spoke or before we started recording the podcast that you all actually extended the time to uh, attract new investors. Can you give me a little bit of information about how this works? Are you all public, pre-public? What, what is the – how does that work now that your average – can your average person, I guess, just – buy shares in XTI? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Chris, that, that's a tremendous advantage and, and one of the reasons that we decided to include this as one of our financing strategies. Um, and I'll just give you a brief overview. On June 19 of last year, 2015, uh, SEC regulations became effective that permit, as you say, um, unaccredited or the average person really to invest in any company that has a platform on the internet that uh, is used as a vehicle to to invest under what's called Regulation A plus, a new regulation under the securities laws that people can invest in in startup companies. You, other another word uh, for equity crowdfunding is startup financing, and so not only is it rare for individuals who are not high net worth to get involved in an aerospace company, but uh, at the early stages like this is is even uh, is even more um, unusual, and so they can uh, have the advantage of of growing with the company. And uh, we're we're in uh, the third phase of this process. The first phase was called test the waters, where you publicize the fact that you might decide to ask for SEC qualification and take investments, and that lasted for us from August through January 21st, and in the November to January part of that, we had filed under the second overlapping part of this process with the SEC asking for permission uh, to actually sell shares. Then on January 21st, we got that permission and entered the third phase. So test the waters, SEC filing and qualification, and now we're in the investment phase after we had, as of January 21st, received non-binding expression of interest from uh, from people in the amount of $20.6 million. So that's why we're now trying to convert as much of that as possible into actual investments in the company. People get shares like they would. They were buying shares on the New York Stock Exchange 
or in uh, any other uh, company, they get equity and uh, for their investment. So that that's where we are, and this will continue till around mid-April. If they visit the Start Engine XTI website, they can buy shares in the company. And we'll definitely put the link to that uh, in the show notes on, on the Runway VC website. So if anyone's interested in in learning more about that process or purchasing equity in, in XTI, uh, they can they can visit that link as well. But you mentioned that the SEC just recently passed this uh, last year. So I would imagine that you all are probably one of the first companies to go through this process. So in addition to kind of making, uh, being innovators in the aviation industry, you all are, are kind of clearing the way for people behind you in the crowdfunding of, of equity. How's that process gone? Has it been pretty seamless or do you think there's you've run into some I guess first timer bumps? Uh no, it's it's gone very smoothly. Uh as an innovative company as you say, uh we have an innovative product and and so we're open to uh including this in our strategy as an innovative new type of uh, raising funds simultaneously with some other traditional ways that we are are working on including uh investments from uh, large companies that uh, like our product and we're we're working with investment bankers for the um, additional funds we'll need to build the prototype. And how do you think this type of fundraising is going to pretty much, is it going to change the way that, that a, industries like aviation that are so high capital to get into, how aviation comes I, about? I can, uh, sure. I, I can't really speak for any anybody else, any other companies or groups that are using or planning to use uh, equity crowdfunding, but it but certainly helps lay the foundation and establish credibility for startup companies or early-stage companies so they can raise anywhere from six figures to millions of dollars to get to get them moving when traditional investors, uh, venture capital companies or others are, are not really interested. Um, it shows that uh, the public really has an interest, a strong interest, in seeing innovation and trying to support and help new companies. Yeah, I got to imagine it's it's quite of a, uh, a hell of a validation to walk into an investor's office or a potential investor's office and kind of start talking about the data that you're able to raise just from public on what in comparison would be small dollar donate or, or small dollar contributions and and equity. Yeah, absolutely. This yeah, th- this is enabling us to lay a, a stronger foundation than and in a shorter period of time than we would if we had not done equity crowdfunding. Has there been and you may or may not be able to answer this question, but I I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, but have you been have y'all been contacted by some of the bigger players in the industry to kind of check in on your progress? Uh, yes, we have, and we're in uh, discussions with a couple of companies right now that um, might um, establish either a financial or strategic relationship with XTI. That's great to hear. That's great to hear. So XTI, you mentioned, and, and you and Charlie both obviously believe that the vertical takeoff and landing uh, is the future. Are, are Airbus and, and Boeing going to be developing the vertical takeoff and landing Dreamliners and A380s? Are you guys, is that how you see the industry moving? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, you know, the, 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 the ducted fans and the power needed to, to lift this 8,000-pound aircraft are fairly large. 
and so um, we at this point just see uh, the application of, of uh, at least this technology, ducted fan technology, on, on smaller aircraft, not large commercial airliners. Of course, there's a similar type of product called the tilt rotor, which has been used in the military uh, for decades, the V-22, and then there are other technologies also in the military um, with the Harrier jet and the um, and the U.S. F-35, F-35B is the is the vertical takeoff and landing. But but those are multi-billion-dollar projects, and um, we've designed a program that uh, doesn't require that uh, amount of funding and is a, a lighter, smaller aircraft. So is this mostly going to be the TriFan 600 going to be mostly for your business traveler or your recreational flyer? Yeah, with the six seats in this configuration, this size, uh, it's. It's comparable to a business jet, you know, in terms of speed and range, 400 miles an hour and, and about 1,500 to 1,800 mile range, depending on the payload, with, of course, uh, the uh, the ability to take off and land like a helicopter. So that's corporate executives uh, who want to save time, private uh, owners who uh, use it for uh, trips. The medical evacuation is one potential application where you can go door to door with human organs that, um, you know, where time is, is critical. Search and rescue where time is critical. So um, a lot of different applications, but primarily corporate executive uh, travel. Well, great. Is there anything else that, that you want to ha- add? I have a couple of, of quick fire questions for you, but it, it's a, more of a topic change. So uh, before we jump off this, I just want to give you an opportunity to talk about anything else that we may have not covered. Well, n- nothing. Uh, just, you know, we encourage people to visit the uh, Start Engine XTI website that you said you put the link up on and uh, participate in in this equity crowdfunding investment, which uh, we're very excited about and, and will help us get this going. And then secondly, I always like to say that vertical takeoff and landing airplane idea has been around for uh, you know 100 years, but now the technology has caught up with that idea, and we think we've nailed it with this particular configuration uh, in this aircraft. Is there a minimum buy-in for this uh, equity funding campaign? Well, the minimum is only $350, and investors can invest up to $500,000 online uh, under this program. Right. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, two quick fire questions for you kind of change the direction. But as someone who has been around the industry, what are the anytime you jump on any kind of commercial service, what are the three things that you're always going to have in your carry on? Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, you're talking about the uh, yeah. You did hit me cold. You, you're talking about just the commercial traveler. Yeah, uh, just getting on an air, getting on an walking airplane. Walking through the airplane, walking through the airport, getting getting onto an airplane. The three things that that Dave's never going to leave. Well, you have to have your boarding pass and driver's license. So sure. Those are two of the three. <laughs> and uh, and and if you if you're going overnight, you better have your DOP kit. Okay. All right. And uh, if you could give one piece of advice to someone who's really looking to get into the industry and 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 may want to be a part of changing the industry, what would that piece of advice be? Well, with any innovation, you know, whether it's the iPhone or the TriFan 600, what people should be looking for are real substantive needs that um, will benefit people. And, and that, you know, time and time again proves to be why new products or new services succeed. 
And so, you know, as a as a broad overview statement, that that's my advice. Okay. Well, Dave, thanks again so much for your time. Uh, again, I appreciate you and Charlie both taking taking a little bit of time today to talk to us and give us an insight to XTI and what you all are working on with the TriFan 600. Sounds exciting. Well, thanks, Chris. It was our pleasure, and I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk about this. And is there anywhere that people can find more information about XTI, the website, social media? Oh, uh, yeah, we have. All uh, right, we have two websites. The the one is the company website, which is uh, XTIAircraft.com, and then uh, as we discussed, the uh, Start Engine platform for investing in the company, which is Start Engine uh, slash XTI. It's a longer it's a longer link, but I guess you'll you'll put it in there. Yep, we'll definitely have it in the show notes, uh, and as well as the link to your Twitter account as well. Yeah, Twitter and Facebook, uh, we have uh, those accounts also. All right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Thank you.